0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Full Steam Ahead. As always, I am your host, Jace Vogel, and it is the holiday season. You know, Thanksgiving has just passed after yesterday. Happy late Thanksgiving to everybody, and hopefully everybody had a great turkey day. Hopefully everybody got their wins in. Um, Today we're going to be talking about a couple things, one being what happened on Thanksgiving with the NFL, all the games and kind of the matchups that happened there. And then we are also going to transition into some college football playoff predictions we're gonna talk about some big matchups coming up, and that's how we're gonna to roll today. So let's just jump right into it. We're gonna start off on Thanksgiving with the 12 o'clock game with the Lions versus the Bears. The Lions entering this game were a solid, solid three seven and one with a tie, and they looked ap- they actually looked kind of good to start this game off. They actually had a really good opening drive with Kenny Galladay and third string undrafted quarterback David Blow or. Yeah, blow. I think that's how they say his name now. But, yeah, he came into the game and actually had a pretty decent performance. He went for 280 yards, two touchdowns, and the one interception that came a little bit late in the game. But for an undrafted third stringer, you have to be pretty confident because after what we saw from Jeff Driscoll to kind of start this season after Stafford went down with that back injury, awful. They looked even worse. But he came in, had a very good outing in my opinion. I thought he played good enough to win that game. But the quarterback that we're going to be talking about today isn't David Blow or Matt Stafford. For some reason, I'm going to give Mitchell Trubisky compliments this episode. I guess it's just the season of giving. It's a season of thanks. And if you're a Bears fan, you are thankful for Mitchell Trubisky of all people on your roster. Mitchell Trubisky shined in that game. He actually threw for over 339 yards, three touchdowns, and the one interception as they got a 24-20 to win over the Detroit Lions. As always, the Detroit Lions disappoint on Thanksgiving ever since Megatron left that roster back in, oh, God, 2012, 14, around that era. So, yeah, Lions, terrible on Thanksgiving. Nothing's changed. They miss Barry Sanders more than anybody right now. So what we're going to be talking about really with this game is the aftermath. So after all was said and done, you know, Trubisky played really well. The Bears' defense didn't play all that great, but they forced – I think they only had like two sacks the whole game. The offensive line for Detroit actually played really well throughout the game, but it was the Roquan Smith show. Roquan Smith carried that defense. He had that late penalty for kind of unnecessary roughness, but I didn't agree with it. I think it was kind of just a flop on the offensive player's part. So, yeah, Roquan Smith with 10 solo tackles, two sacks, the only two sacks of the whole game, and 15 total tackles. So he really anchored that entire Chicago off uh Chicago defense on Thursday and it showed. It really did show. And here we are talking about a Bears must win. They had a must win. They approved a 6 and 6. They're now 3 and 3 away from Soldier Field and I think it's finally starting to get to that point where it's like can the Bears make a run? No, they can't make a run. There's no way. That division's locked up. It's Vikings, it's Packers. Whoever wins that will go to the playoffs. There's no wild card coming out of any any division that isn't the NFC East. Um, Or, I'm sorry, NFC NFC West. We'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, Bears improved to 6-6. Six and six. They've won two in a row. They're third in the NFC North now. Long ways to go. Their best record they can get after this is if they win out and go 10-6. and six. I don't think they're going to win out. They actually play the... Oh, they play the Dallas Cowboys next week after suffering their second loss, which we're going to get into right after I talk about this game. They are 6-5 and five entering this game, and it's a, another one. It's a must-win. It's a big game. They're playing Dallas, I believe, at home. I'm pretty sure they're at home for this, so they have that advantage going for them, but their kicking issues always are there. Kickers are still not getting it done in Chicago, neither in Dallas. It's going to be a great game we're going to talk about it a little bit, but basically what we can take away from this game is Mitchell Trubisky is showing why they traded up in that draft didn't pick Deshaun Watson didn't pick Patrick Mahomes I mean the Bears need Trubisky to play well all right Nagy needs Trubisky to be the franchise quarterback or that's going to look like the dumbest trade in all of football history I mean right up there with the Ricky Williams trade in my opinion as dumb um For everybody that doesn't know, Mitchell Trubisky only started eight games at North Carolina. That's it. In his whole college career, only started eight games. Played at North Carolina in ACC school, not SEC, not Big Ten. ACC, which there's no knock against the ACC here, as Lamar Jackson came from Louisville who plays in the ACC. Deshaun Watson played in the ACC. I mean, right now Trevor Lawrence is in the ACC. So no knock against that conference whatsoever in their talent level, but... It's no Big Ten. It's no SEC. So that's what I mean. And they traded up. It was actually the Niners had the second pick. Bears had the third pick in this draft. And for some strange reason, they decided to trade up with the Niners having no real reason to pick a quarterback. And I know there's a lot of Bears fans that speculate, well, they really did want Trubisky, but they they just kind of bluffed it so they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to get a trade for him. And I think that's a little bullcrap. I don't believe they had any intention. I think their entire goal was to go after Garoppolo, and that's what they did, and they got Garoppolo from the Patriots. But, yeah, they make this trade, and Trubisky's drafted number two overall in this draft. Ugh, yikes. Terrible trade. We're going to look back at that in years to come and say, what were the Bears thinking so that is what I take away from this game is, is Trubisky finally turning the corner? Are they finally figuring out how to use him in that offense with the limited weapons they do have? They still have Tariq Cohen. They still have, I mean, Allen Robinson had a great game. But it's tough. It's tough to say right now, is Trubisky still valid as a you know a starting quarterback, let alone a franchise quarterback? We'll see as time goes. We'll see what happens next game against Dallas. Moving forward to the 4-30 game, my game that I was waiting to watch after my big turkey dinner. I don't know about you guys, but it was Dallas versus Buffalo Bills. And for everybody, just for context, I'm from the area where Buffalo Bills fans are huge. Their following is huge. I'm around the Buffalo era area, and everybody in my town was really rooting for the Bills because why would you root for the Dallas Cowboys if you're from New York? I understand. I get it. Blame my father. So it was Bills-Cowboys. And once again, the Bills coming in with a winning record there at 8-3. and three. Cowboys looking for a must-win after that big loss to the Patriots last week. And what do they do? They go out and they absolutely lay an egg. They do terrible. Both sides of the ball. They played absolutely terrible, both sides of the ball, after their owner came out and said the coach is in the hot seat. There's coaches in the hot seat. Players are in the hot seat. Players aren't going to get the contracts they might want if they don't start winning games now. And what do they do? They go out and they lose 26-15 at home on Thanksgiving in front of Jerry Jones at Jerry's World. It's a freaking travesty what happened on Thanksgiving. It's a travesty. I want Jason Garrett gone. All right, I want him gone. Cowboys fans know they want him gone. He shouldn't be a head coach in the NFL whatsoever. They have now fallen to 0-5 against teams that are over 500. they They're 6-1, good for you, against teams that aren't winning records. Who cares? Win the big games. Our quarterback, Dak, I love Dak. Everybody knows I praise him on the show. He played not great. He didn't play great. Sure, the stats say, oh, well, well Jace, he threw for over 350 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, cool. He had an interception and a huge fumble during big drives in that first half. Big drives. And he gave the ball away, and Zeke was Really, really doing well. Hit over 133 yards total yards, and only 12 carries. That's all you give. That's all you give him. He was gashing that Bills defensive line. I don't care what anybody says. You gave up on the run. You gave up on the game, and now we're sitting at a terrible six and six record. We're 500. We're the same record as the Bears. We're not going anywhere. This is a disaster. But this isn't me saying the Bills are a bad football team. The Bills just proved they're still a great football team this year. They're amazing. Josh Allen proved he's a great quarterback for the Buffalo Bills franchise. Threw for over 230 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. And to go along with that, he joined a list of Michael Vick, of quarterbacks with over, I think, two years with like 10-plus touchdowns and so many yards. He actually finished with 42 yards rushing and a touchdown. He played phenomenal in the second half. They only missed like two throws the whole second half, and they were airing it out. They were airing it out a lot. They had trick plays. They had John Brown, one of their wide receivers, throw a touchdown, twenty-eight yards to uh, Singletary. This is a joke. And one of the guys that we had rostered, Cole Beasley, who I loved, I loved Cole Beasley. I thought when we we let him go, I thought we lost a big part of our offense. I don't care what people say about the guy. He went for one hundred and ten yards, six catches, and a touchdown. What did our guy do? What did our guy do? Mari Cooper, eight receptions, 85 yards, zero touchdowns, all right, that's the, that's our big payday guy, he wants the payday, throw him the ball, Dak, get him the ball, I understand, well, he had 11 targets, I don't care, Michael Thomas gets like 15 a game, that's the level he's on in my opinion, when he gets targets, he catches the ball usually, it's not Oakland anymore, those drops are non-existent in my opinion. He doesn't drop the ball as much as he did with Oakland. He's in a better situation in Dallas. There's weapons around him. There's people around him. Get him healthy and get him the ball. Alright? This is my rant for the day. Alright. I've been waiting to rant about this since yesterday at about 7 o'clock after the game was over. The Bills won this game outright 26 to 15. It was a blowout. It should have been 26-7 to in my opinion. I mean, the fifth the eight points came late in the fourth quarter. Who cares? Who cares? And I'm going to repeat this. Jason Garrett, all right, I say this almost every time I talk NFL on my show. Jason Garrett needs to be fired now. I don't care about playoffs right now. We need him gone now. I understand, well, you're only 6-6. You're still a game up on the Eagles. Look at our schedule the rest the rest of the year. We got the Bears next week. They're kind of hot now. We are a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire in Dallas. Jerry knows it. Jason knows it. The players know it. Michael Bennett sounded off on this team as soon as the game was over. You heard him yelling from the locker room, passionate yelling, but still yelling. It was terrible. We're watching a dumpster fire unfold in Dallas. I need Garrett to go. And the people that I think that can replace him, I've got two people in mind. A lot of people know this. Urban Meyer, former head coach of Florida and Ohio State. He's a winner. I think he'd fit perfect with Jerry Jones. I think he should offer him anything that he can to get him there. No questions asked. They need to get Urban Meyer as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. He's my first candidate, all right? Second candidate, Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma. Rumors swirl almost every single season. I wonder why, because Lincoln Riley's a good coach. I think he could play very well with Dak's scheme. I think he's going to give Zeke the ball more. I think Kellen Moore can take a step back. I love Kellen Moore. He put, he's doing a great job as offensive coordinator, in my opinion. He's bolstered Dex, I mean passing yards. He's leading the league in passing yards. But it needs to get cleaner, man. We need change. We need it now. The wild card, I'll always say, is Sean Payton. If the Saints win the Super Bowl, I believe he's going to leave New Orleans with his head held high, and he might get considered as the Dallas Cowboys head coach next season. I say it now. I hope it happens. We're going to roll on to next week. Dallas versus the Bears, must-win game. Must-win game for Jason Garrett. Must-win game for Dak Prescott if he wants the payday. And it's a must-win for Jerry Jones if he wants to be considered a liable owner in the NFL. That's my rant. That's what I say. Bills Mafia, you took it to us. I can't take anything away from your team. Your defense is legit. You're not going to be one and done in the playoffs this year. You're hearing it here first. I love the Bills Mafia. That was great. I'm glad they stuck it to Dallas because they needed it. All right. Moving forward. Moving forward. I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. Moving forward to the last game on Thanksgiving. This is right as everybody's falling asleep from the turkey coma. It is the Saints and the Falcons. Whoa. I thought this game was a sleeper. I turned it off. Um, Drew Brees, average, only 184 yards passing with a touchdown. The main quarterback that stole the show who wasn't even really a quarterback, it's my man Taysom Hill. This guy. Taysom Hill did something incredible. Not only did he block a punt, but after that blocked punt, he went off. He had a receiving touchdown, which was kind of, it was the only receiving touchdown of the game, but technically we're going to count it. Receiving touchdown in the red zone, touchdown. Then he had a QB sneak, kind of like a wild, uh, oh God, a wildcat formation. Takes it right up the middle, touchdown, rushing touchdown. He does it all. He's the ultimate football player, and he plays for a great coach in Sean Payton, Belichick like, must salivate over Taysom Hill highlights. Belichick must love that guy. He'd offer him the max. Fuck Tom Brady. He would offer him a max contract. He loves people like that that are just everywhere on the field, wherever you need him. They're there. But the story of this game isn't Michael Thomas. It's not Alvin Kamara, and it's not Drew Brees. It's the Saints' swarming, suffocating defense that we saw last night. Nine sacks, two interceptions, and a fumble recovery. Those numbers alone... Are incredible. If you had them starting in your fantasy league, awesome. You guys probably are already off to a great start for the week. Great start. They only gave up 18 points, but now we're going to talk about the Falcons because this is kind of interesting to me. So, are Matt Ryan's days numbered as the starting quarterback? In my opinion, yes, they are. I think depending on where they finish the season, right there, to, they're out of the playoffs. um Just to repeat, by the way, the Lions also—just a correction: Lions were eliminated from the playoffs after that loss to the Bears, just so we all know. But that's kinda of like a gimme. They were terrible. But the Falcons also eliminated after this loss. Matt Ryan's days in my opinion are numbered. This guy can't throw the ball fifty times every game anymore. He's older. He's getting to that point where he has to consider either either leaving or giving up his role as the starting quarterback depending on who they go after in the draft. So who do they look for? Depending on where they finish, they might get a chance at Justin Herbert. Maybe even Joe Burrows, depending on where they finish. Like I said, they're not really in consideration for that number one pick. The Bengals are a dumpster fire even worse than Dallas right now. 0-11, way worse than Dallas, clearly. But that's what I'm saying. Do they look quarterback in the draft? I think it's too soon to say it. Maybe he has another year left. Maybe they're going to try and do something with that offensive line, which was god-awful. Nine sacks? Are you kidding me? Um Offensive line is terrible. Julio Jones probably wants out even after the contract. Calvin Ridley proved he's that guy. He does what he does. He can fill in for Julio's shoes. Why not get out of there? He went off for eight receptions, 91 yards on 10 targets. But I just can't see Matt Ryan making it one more year. I don't see it. The Saints run the NFC South now. All right? This is their division. Three years in a row. Right now they are 10-2. and Their defense is hot. I mean, Cameron Jordan, God, man, he was a freaking beast in the fourth quarter. Absolute beast. Like I said, this game was a snoozer. I turned it off, and then all of a sudden I kind of just flipped back to I was kind of bored, whatever, nothing was on TV. I wanted to just kind of look at some highlights. The Falcons did something I've never seen done and recovered two onside kicks in the same game. <laughs> they recovered two onside kicks to make it 26-18. to They had the ball. They could have won the game, and Cam Jordan, Cam Jordan, Silences it. He had like two sacks, maybe two or three sacks in that one single possession. He played great. Uh, Kiko Alonzo played great. But, I mean, oh, my goodness. You can't. You cannot take that away from the guy. He went off. Yeah, right here. He had four sacks in total that game. I mean, kudos to him, man. He had a great game. But the Saints are now 10-2. and and they will be moving on the week after this week to face at the time of this recording, which is November 29th of 2019, at the time of this recording, the 10-1 and San Francisco 49ers. It's probably going to be the game of the week. might be prime time. They might flex that game. It's going to be a great game, great defense versus a good offense. Good defense versus a great uh, good offense. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. 10-2 versus 10-1. I think they're going to move to 11-1 even after this game. So we're going to see what happens in the weeks to come. That's the NFL. Fire Jason Garrett. Let's move on. This is going to be a quick episode. There's not much to cover today. I just want to get to the basics. It's the holidays. My buddies are home. Let's just keep this rolling, all right? So, college football. This is the big week for college football. This is week, I think this is week what, 11? I'm pretty sure this is week 11. Let me just double check that. I think No, week 12. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Ohio State's 11-0 and record. Sorry. So, Yes, we're going to start off with the game, game of the week, big game, on at noon. I don't know why it's a noon game. It's the best rivalry in all of college sports. You heard it here. It's Ohio State number one versus number 13, Michigan. Playoff implications are huge in this game because it's the game. All right? Me, I am a huge, huge Ohio State guy. So – You can only imagine my excitement for this game to be able to move to 12-0, being the number one team in the country, going into Michigan, going into Ann Arbor, looking for our 15th out of 16th win in the series these past, what, 16 years. So we own Michigan. We own them. And we're going to own them on Saturday. All right? That's why we record this tonight. This is my bold prediction. Ohio State's going to roll in there. It's going to be a close game in the first half. I'm not going to lie. It might be like a 3-point, 7-point game. It's going to be really competitive. Defenses are going to play really great. Second half, though, um, Coach Day is going to go and make great adjustments, in my opinion. He's going to outcoach Jim Harbaugh once again, and they're going to move on to 12-0. And everybody's saying, well, why are you just saying that? Let me get close to the microphone here. Chase Young and Justin Fields drop, Mike. That's all I need to say. And J.K. Dobbins. Never, I'm never taking that away from the dude's amazing, J.K. Dobbins. Amazing. And all right, so Justin Fields, he's going to be healthy. I know he went down with that scary little injury last game, but he's going to be healthy. Shea Patterson's the inferior quarterback. Um, everybody on the Michigan defense is inferior to Chase Young. Justin Fields is red hot, only one interception the whole season. 33 touchdowns, one interception, not even counting the rushing touchdowns that he's put on. he's a He should be a Heisman finalist. He's not, whatever. They're going to go in. They're going to roll. They're going to kill Michigan in the second half. I think it's going to be like a 42-49 to like a 28 victory, maybe 21. I don't even think they're going to score 28. I say the max is 21. There's no way Michigan scores more than 21 on Ohio State's defense this year. Insane. They're the best team in the country for a reason. Even though I believe this isn't a gimme game by any means because of how big and the magnitude of this game is for both teams, I think Ohio State's going to roll, man. I have a great, great feeling about Saturday. I hope this doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. Moving forward, more playoff implications. So we have number 8 Minnesota versus number 12 Wisconsin. What's at stake in this? Well, what we have at stake is the Big Ten Championship. And what happens if you go to the Big Ten Championship? You most likely face Ohio State. What happens then? If you manage to – if one of these teams, which I don't think either will, if one of these teams that makes it beats Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, they will be probably boosted to either the top five, even top four in that category. I mean, they could make it the playoffs just by winning two games in a row. Minnesota more than Wisconsin because Ohio State killed Wisconsin earlier this year. So the Big Ten Championship is at stake, which means the playoffs are at stake. What do we have going on here? Well, Minnesota needs a win. They need a big win. They just came off a pretty crappy loss last week. Uh, And then Wisconsin has Jonathan Taylor. And for everybody that follows college football, Jonathan Taylor is a great prospect for the NFL. He's really good. He's a great running back. Really good for Wisconsin. But they're coming off that loss. They're coming off a win against Purdue. Minnesota lost a couple weeks ago to number 20, Iowa by four. Had a bounce back one by sixteen at Northwestern. Whoop-de-doo. They be a great Penn State team, though. So that's what we're looking at right here. Big implications, my opinion is Minnesota's ten and one, Wisconsin nine and two. Wisconsin's going to upset Minnesota in this game, and they will play in the second straight Big Ten championship and get absolutely destroyed again. They lost 38-7 to earlier this week to Ohio, uh, not earlier this week, earlier this season to the same Ohio State team we're talking about now. And I'm I'm not sold on Minnesota yet. I'm not sold. Not, not quite yet. They're there. They're going to play in a bowl game, obviously. They're a great football team. I just think Wisconsin has that edge with Jonathan Taylor and the experience they have playing in these big games towards the end of the season. That's my prediction. I'm going to roll with it. I love it. Love Wisconsin in this game. I'd put a bet on them if I could. Moving forward, the Iron Bowl. Huge game. Game of the year for Alabama. This is going to be the game that puts them in the playoff. This is the game that could ultimately sink them from making the playoffs. This is a huge rivalry. I believe it's right behind Ohio State-Michigan in considerations for college football rivalries. What we have here is number five Alabama- Versus Auburn, this game is not as lopsided as we thought it was going to be before the Tua Tagovailoa in- injury. I really hope he gets better. I know on the show I've said some, you know, a little bit harsh things about Tua because of the situation he was put in in Alabama and how I don't believe he's going to be a great NFL quarterback, but don't mistake it. I hope the guy does have a phenomenal career. If he somehow manages to get healthy after this hip injury, I mean, he's a good quarterback. He really is. He's a great college football quarterback. Great. Fantastic. He's up there with Tim Tebow, in my opinion. Um, He's up there, in my opinion. Now that he's injured, I don't know so much. But at the time, he was definitely up there statistic-wise with Tim Tebow. But we're not here to talk about Tua. We're here to talk about what they do have. And that is a backup quarterback. Matt Is it Mac Jones? Mac Jones. So Mac Jones is going to be replacing Tua in this game. It's a big, big game. It's going to be... Let's see here. I'm just going to double check. I can't remember who's home for this game. I'm pretty sure it's Alabama, though. I think Alabama's got the home. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama's home, I believe. So, that game's on at 3.30. It's going to be biggest game for Alabama all year. If they win, they're in. If they lose, they are for sure out. Nick Saban would miss it. I think this would be, what, his only – since the playoffs came into play here. I think this would be the first time he'd miss it since the playoffs were a thing. So – Nick Saban, I'm going to take the edge here. Let's be honest here. It's Alabama. The kid that came in for Tua threw for over 500 yards anyways. There's people around him that's going to help him succeed. They have a good running back. Jerry Judy's still healthy on that roster. Defense is still legit for Alabama. Bo Nix is not going to get it done as much as I want him to get it done. He's young. He's a freshman. We'll see him in years to come, though. But right now, the 8-3 and Auburn Tigers, I believe, are going to go down against the alabama crimson tide Alabama's going to seal their victory seal their playoff hopes and they're going to get the sec championship championship game for sure no doubt um like i said i think this is going to be a game where they roll i think it's going to be mac jones show and i hope it is i hope he has a great game but seriously get well to uh i hope we see you in the nfl one day go back to school that's my big thing go back to school show show them what you got get your money Because you still have talent, man. It's not your arm that broke, it's the hip. So, I mean, it's going to play a factor for a long, long time. But I think you could go back to school and still put up numbers and, you know, hopefully be that first-round draft pick everybody believes you are. So that is the third game. The last game, the biggest game, I think. I think this is one of the biggest games of all the games I've talked about because of how important this could be for Jalen Hurts. It's number 7 Oklahoma versus number 21 Oklahoma State. It's a must-win. Oklahoma's win. If Oklahoma doesn't win this game, they're out. They're number seven. They're on the bubble. They're right behind Alabama, and I believe Georgia is at number four still. Um, Yeah, they're playing Georgia Tech, I believe. So, yeah, this is a must-win, and if Jalen Hurts wants that revenge that he's been looking for since he left Alabama, he came off an amazing, amazing comeback, come from behind victory. Uh, his last game, I believe it was. Amazing. He's he's a great quarterback. I thought he was, in my opinion, the guy I would want in Alabama. Just saying. Just saying. I would rather have Jalen Hurts as my quarterback than Tua. Uh eh, people can say what you want. He's the one that's I mean I think he's just more reliable. That's just me. But that's not what we're talking about. It's Heisman finalist Jalen Hurts Hurts looking for that that playoff spot, in my opinion. I'm going to come right out and say Oklahoma State's going to upset them. I'm going to come out and say Oklahoma State has a better game plan when facing the Sooners in this kind of a game. I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be a great game. This is always a good game every year. But something is just telling me to go with my gut, make a prediction straight from the gut. I think this could go either way. It's going to be a close game all the way through. But I think Oklahoma State's going to be the ones to get it done because, let's face it, Oklahoma's last three games, last four games, seven-point loss to Kansas State, the upset. And then against Iowa, a one-point win against Iowa State. The Baylor game was the game where Jalen Hurts brought them all the way back. They shouldn't have even won that game, one thirty-four to 31 And then TCU just last week, 28-24. to 24. They aren't rolling, all right? Oklahoma's last couple of games, Iowa State, when they were ranked, they beat them. TCU, they beat them eh, by 7. Kansas, they're terrible. West Virginia, 20-13. So they're both kind of in the same boat. One's 8-3, and three, one's 10-1. and one. I think we're going to see the upset here. No doubt in my mind. We're going to see a great game. I'm excited. I'm sure everybody else is excited at home to watch some of these games that I mentioned. And ultimately... We're excited for the college football playoff. This is the end. We're almost there. I'm going to miss college football. This was a great season for Ohio State. Terrible season for Syracuse, but they're going to bounce back next year. I'm going to say it right now. They're going to be back in a bowl game next year. Faith and Tommy DeVito. Faith and Dino Babers. I can't wait to see what happens next season. But, I mean, I think – I mean, ultimately, that's really all I wanted to discuss today. I was mentioning earlier I got a lot of buddies – just want to take a minute here to just discuss about what's going on in my life so two of my best friends are home from the united states air force they're over one is overseas serving our country over in germany He's stationed another stationed in louisiana in the states they both do a lot to help us our troops do a lot to help us and make us who the people we are today by protecting us and doing i mean uh, there's just words that you can't even put into consideration when you talk about these brave men and women they are amazing What they do for us and the sacrifices they make, especially when it's around the holidays, it really hits home that most of these people, I'm lucky to see my friends. Not a lot of people have that same uh, luxury, I should say, to be able to see their friends on the holidays. A lot of people have wives, husbands, sons, daughters that don't come home for the holidays and they're overseas serving us. So... I just wanted to give a little tribute to them for everybody in the armed forces, Navy, Army, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marines. Thank you from my heart, from all of our viewers. Thank you. I'm thankful for everybody that's helped support this show. That's one thing I do want to get out there. You know, it's Thanksgiving season. Even though it has just passed, I'm thankful for everybody that's helped with the show and the support that I've been given and the, you know, the encouragement The criticisms, everything, it means so much to me. I love it. I love what I do. But I'm just a guy that talks sports, all right? I love sports. I do. But there are people that are out there right now doing way more important things than what I'm doing right here. And I want to give them a little bit of the spotlight, especially during the holidays, every day. They should be getting the same recognition every day. When you see a veteran, you should say thank you for your service. When you see someone in active duty, you should say thank you. Retirees, thank you. Because what they do is a lot harder than what I'm doing right here sitting in the chair talking about sports. So that's my little rant I wanted to go on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But that is where we're going to cut the episode. I hope everybody enjoyed. As always, you can find the show on the Anchor app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can follow my Twitter at Jace Vogel. You can follow me on Facebook, Jace Vogel. And yeah, that's that's basically what I wanted to get at. So I hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you guys look forward to Christmas coming up a couple weeks. I'm excited. I can't wait. So that's where we're going to end the episode today, everybody. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. And go box. Peace.